Curtis Joseph going to join us in about 15, 20 minutes. Uh, before before that, we'll follow up a little bit more on the Evander Kane saga with Emily Kaplan from ESPN. Doing a terrific job down there. Emily, uh, no rest, eh? Just one after another. From the Olympics to this situation with San Jose, Evander, the NHLPA. Uh why don't we get uh, your thoughts first on on where that situation is, and uh, and we'll further expand. Yeah, um, it, I keep saying that time feels like a warp, and yeah, this season itself, I feel like we've had a million different storylines. But the thing about Evander, which is unfortunate, is he burns every bridge that he ever walks on. Um, this isn't unfortunately not new for him to have a damaged relationship with the team. We knew that the Sharks um, weren't going to welcome him back. He wasn't welcome back in that locker room. He had wronged too many teammates. He needed a fresh start. They were trying to trade him, and he violated protocols, and the team saw that as an out of saying, look, we owe him $22.8 million. We believe this is a breach of contract. We can get out of this. Um, so, obviously, the NHLPA is filing a grievance. We'll see how that process plays out. Um, and now, really, the question is, is there more interest in him in the NHL? Will he sign a deal this year? Because there were some teams that were sniffing around, especially at a prorated salary, especially if there was a third team to come in to retain even more salary. But no one was really ready to pull the trigger yet because it's going to take a tough locker room for him to walk into, a really strong locker room. Um, and so we'll see what happens. Emily, what is there anything specifically that would make teams say we just cannot have this guy or is it cumulative? Like, is there one case or charge or issue or is it just like it's always something? You know, I think you guys know best. Locker room chemistry is so important. And I think if I'm a GM thinking about bringing Evander Kane in, I talk to my head coach, I pull aside my captain and a couple leaders and I say, what would happen if he comes in the locker room? How would the guys react? And I think, the way that you take them is if the guys are like, we want his skill, we want his talent, we think we can handle him. But if there's at least even a little bit of doubt or being like, oh, that might mess up what we've got going here, then you don't bring him in. Yeah, you can't mess up much more in Edmonton. Boston is another team that needs goal, uh, goal scoring. There would be a number of teams that I think might be desperate enough. And you mentioned it. The trick was to involve a third team uh, to alleviate the cap, but this won't be the case here. He'll probably sign for minimum or close to minimum. I talked to Justin and Sammy before you came on, Emily, and I I think there would be a legit uh, run at maybe one or two teams to take that chance. What are your thoughts? You think it's enough of of a minimum contract that teams could take a chance on three months four months, rest of the season? Yeah. I mean, look, again, if it's a strong locker room, it's a strong team, and they feel like they talk to Evander too, I think that's going to be a big key to it. He's a USA now, so he can talk to other teams. And they feel like he has changed or he's coming in with a different perspective or whatever it is. And I do think there could be a market for him because we've seen this. It's not just a hockey thing. It happens in pro sports. How does Antonio Brown keep getting chance after chance? Talent beats all. And the truth is, Evander Kane is a very talented hockey player. Like, everything off the ice, take that away. Like, he's gonna, he could help any team in the league. You know, if they weren't having the season that they were having, a team that I think that could take him in would be the New York Islanders. I just don't think they're looking to add right now because look at where they are in the standings. 
Well, and I love looking at teams who may or may not be looking to add right now because the Edmonton Oilers were at one point atop the Pacific Division, and today GM Ken Holland said that he was. Someone asked about their first, and he said it was not available. Uh, are, are the Oilers not going to add? Is this a team that's going to push this year? Or are they starting to recede a little bit and not not going to go all in? I've said this for months now. If they don't add a goaltender by the trade deadline, that's just negligence on the general manager's part. Like, mm-hmm. you can't have Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl in their prime years and have a pretty decent enough team that we saw in the beginning of the year that looks like it can go on a playoff run and have that goaltending and expect to win. Like, that's just it's not what happens. So um, I, I think they need to get a goaltender. I think they're looking at defensemen. I've heard they've been, you know, sniffing around, especially some left-handed defensemen. Um I, I agree that perhaps they should not give up a first-round pick, but there's other assets and there's other ways to make those deals done. Um, and I do think that the time is now. Like, they can't miss the playoffs this year. Um, that's just not an option. Emily, uh, former uh, Montreal Canadian general manager Mark Bergevin lands in L.A. Uh, I had heard that he had interest in Chicago. Uh, Anaheim's not ready. Is this a holding pattern when you consider that Rob Blake was signed to a, a long-term deal? Yeah, um, it, you know, this is something that we'd heard rumored for a really long time before even the divorce in uh, Montreal that Mark Bergevin, you know, we knew he wasn't going to return next season no matter what. And L.A. was a landing spot for him because of his relationship with Luke Robitaille. Um, I think he has a relationship with Rob Blake as well. Um, it makes a lot of sense. I, I think, you know, he's just back in the game. I think he can help them. I'm actually really curious. One thing I would keep an eye on is what Montreal Canadiens, you know, we know their team is probably going to be selling at the trade deadline. He has relationships there. He has relationships with a lot of players there. Does he bring any Canadians over with him? So that's something that I'm definitely going to have my eye on. Um, I know that, you know, when you're in that position, typically it's an ego position, and he wants to be in power again. So we'll see how he works collaboratively. That word is so difficult. (laughs) Collaboratively with a team. Um, And if not, you know, he might be looking at some of the vacancies out there. And we have four vacancies out there right now, which is really rare in the NHL. Well, and it is strange, you know, the role of senior advisor to the GM. Like, you sound like Dwight Schrute a little bit. It doesn't seem like a, something, a position people aspire to. You know, is it possible that Bergevin just wants to live in L.A. and be with people he likes and take a crack at it from out there? Or do you think this is just positioning and biding his time for the best next GM offer? Yeah, see, like, that I don't know. And I don't know him that well. Like, I'm always, my assumption is that guys want to be the guy. Once you are the guy, you have a hard time not being the guy. Um, but maybe it's a lifestyle change for him. And, you know, the pressures of being a GM, specifically in a Canadian market like Montreal, were so stressful that working again with a team, a team that's on the come up that should be good in the next couple of years, could be a new challenge for him. And it's not the worst place in the world to live. And I think his son is moving to L.A. too, maybe gets to be with him. So there's all these different factors that play always. It's just I think it comes down to what he wants. Uh, Emily, uh, we're still hearing that uh, some of the games are still getting uh, postponed Right now, I, I don't get the sense that uh, the season's in jeopardy in terms of not finishing where they want it. Uh, but is there a sense, though, that uh, there's not much more wiggle room here? What are you hearing on, on scheduling? Like there is more wiggle room. Like, even when they post, uh, uh, pro- proactively postponed that first wave of Canadian games that we're going to have no fans, everyone's like, what? What are you doing? And the league was confident, like, we still think we can finish by the end of April with everyone getting to 82 games. And then they're still postponing and postponing games. At some point, you got to stop. Um, we got to just play the games and finish the season. 
Um, I, I hear now from the league office, I start to hear whispers of, oh, maybe, you know, extending the regular season just one week, things like that. I hear whispers from teams and people are really cynical saying, the Ottawa Senators, there's no way they're getting to 82 games. Or, you know, just using them as an example, maybe the New York Islanders, who are so many games behind right now, out of playoff contention by April, maybe they don't get there. But you'll never hear anyone in the league office say that right now out loud because publicly they have to say, we're getting everyone to 82 games. Here. Oops, sorry, I'm on mute. Let me uh, try this again. <laughs> Do you think that John Klingberg is going to end up somewhere else in the near future here? His quotes about not being feeling appreciated were, uh, were telling, I thought. Yeah, no, it, it just does seem like a guy that's on a move that could use a fresh scenery. And the truth is, like, he wants to get paid because all the defensemen are getting paid right now. And I don't know if Dallas can afford that. And, they, you know, I think they're going to have some soul-searching this offseason if they move to the playoffs. They just committed a ton of money to Heiskanen as their number one defenseman. Um, it just seems like a guy that needs a fresh start, and I wouldn't be surprised if I see him on another team this year. One more, Emily. Have you heard any rumblings of some of the, the, the better players or even some stars uh, not wanting to go to the All-Star uh, game in, in Vegas? I, I know it's stinging a lot of guys still with the, the no Olympics, but with everything that's going on, uh, I get a sense that a lot of them, or a few of them anyways, big names, um, aren't really thrilled about it. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I asked an agent that this morning. We were on the phone. I was like, hey, what do you think about All-Star? Do you guys want to go? Like, is this going to be hard to get guys? And he's like, you know, guys never, you know, it's always kind of a pull to get them to go to All-Star. And even though it's in Vegas, um, I, they want, they're curious about the protocols. And if the protocols are going to be really strict, you're going to see a lot of guys throw up their hands and say, why are we doing this? Um, so I'm curious when they come out from that standpoint. Um, I think it's going to be a typical year where there's a lot of behind-the-scenes finagling, a lot of convincing, maybe some backfields done. We'll get stars in Vegas, and they better be because it's going to be on ESPN. It's going to be awesome. We're going to do some really cool things. I'm really excited to broadcast it. Um, but there's always this politicking that goes on behind the scenes. Yeah, yeah, no question. And uh, especially with uh, no Olympics, uh, you know, you got to feel for some of the guys. Emily, thank you so much for your time. My pleasure. I enjoyed chatting with you guys. Sorry for yeah. my jumbled words today. Someone no, you were great. <laughs> You're great. You're Thanks, great. Emily. <laughs> Emily Kaplan, ESPN, does a terrific job reporting NHL. Uh, yeah, that one's going to be tricky, uh, JB. I hear guys aren't thrilled at all about uh, – and again, you. it's not like you can take your family there and in, t- soak well, up yeah. all of Vegas uh, with uh, the protocols that uh, Emily's speaking of. And, you know, that, that that's a tough one. Well, it is, and you're right. Like, the All-Star game is supposed to be a reward, and it's fun, and you go hang with the boys, and you go out, and your family might come, and this is just like, go play a hockey game and stay in your hotel room because the protocols are strict. It's a much tougher sell. Well, this guy didn't need to worry about protocols. He got uh, the Olympics in. He got uh, All-Star games after All-Star games, and uh, well-deserved. Curtis Joseph. Hey, pal. Thanks for joining us. Yeah. How are you guys today? God, you just must shake your head at the things that the players today have to go through. And first of all, just the the disappointment, eh, of not being able to re- uh, represent your country, uh, something that uh, you didn't have to worry about uh, uh, when you played. Yeah, it's a, it's a great honor uh, as a player, and you get to play on a tremendous team with the greatest players in the league. It's such a great uh you know, it's basically a two-week tournament, but you have a tremendous shot to win a gold medal. Um, 
who would want to pass that up? So I sense the frustration of some of the star players. You know, it, it takes seems like it takes a lifetime to win a Stanley Cup, but in two weeks you can have a gold medal. So if you have an ounce of competitiveness, it's a, it's a huge disappointment. It is. You know, we're all really disappointed, um, and understandably so for the players. What were your thoughts on All-Star Games? You know, another sort of uh, break from the, the season. Was it something that uh, was a, a joy and a thrill to go? Now it feels like guys hardly, you know, barely want to go. I know, and they get cash for it these days, too. I know. So, <laughs> all right. They beg I always in, I know. I always enjoyed going. I always say I was like a dog. You throw the ball, and I'll go get it. So, um, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed hanging out with the, the rest of the the so-called celebrities in the NHL, the great players, and it was an honor to be there and, and an honor to represent your team. And if you could take one or two things back from, you know, Wayne Gretzky or Mark Messi, who you play with, uh, you know, that's going to help your team too. Uh, Cujo, we were just speaking of, uh, of Vander Kane and that situation and, mm-hmm. you know, how – Sometimes, you know, we've all been presenting on teams maybe an opportunity. I'd spoken to uh, the late John Cordick and how my Washington team mm-hmm. was just getting the, the crap beat out of us. And at the end of the day, we knew the issues behind the scenes, but we were, like, so desperate for this guy to come in and help. And mm-hmm. now there's Evander Kane that'll be out there as a UFA, and uh, his his issues have been well documented, but this guy can play, he can score, he can hit. And now I'm looking at the Toronto Maple Leaf left side, and I'm like, why wouldn't you at least consider it? I mean, I'm not saying take them, but at least think about the pros and cons. Can you recall, you know, throughout your career situations where you thought, eh, I didn't hear great things about this guy? You know, do you take a chance? Do you welcome him? I mean, does that come ever, that, that comes into play at, all the time, doesn't it? No question. It's so tempting. A guy like that could be a, a real difference maker, especially if your team's not as tough and you, you need that toughness in the playoffs. And maybe it's a short-term thing, but uh, it's so tempting, a guy of his talent. Um, and sometimes you get he gets in a situation where he's welcomed and he can uh, behave himself or whatever just for a short period of time. It's so tempting. I agree. But on the other hand, you don't want to change the chemistry in the room. Um you know, you really got to weigh it carefully. It can be, uh, it's one of those things that uh, can be great or can be horrific. So um, you really got to do your homework. Just, and whether or not it's, it comes down to maybe three or four of your, your core leaders in, in the room, you think? Yes. Yes. Great point. When you have strong leadership, it doesn't matter who's coming in that room. They're, they're going to be part of the program. Uh, or they're going to sit, and they people don't like to sit. So when you have strong leadership in a room, uh, guys come in and, uh, you know, you can do it, <laughs> except for this latest in uh, Tampa Bay with Tom Brady. You think he's the greatest leader, but Antonio Brown couldn't, uh, couldn't cut it either. So you just never know, you know. But uh, leadership is a, huge, uh, is a huge part of it. It is, and you know the Toronto Maple Leafs are obviously going pretty good. A lot of that on the backs of Jack Campbell, who's been uh, extremely good this season for them. Vesna, uh, you know, fa- not a favorite, but he's in the mix. What might Jack Campbell, when you look at his position this year, you know, legit starter having success in Toronto, chasing a cup, no contract this summer. Like, what must when you look at him, what might he be going through uh, this season with all that going on at the same time? 
You know, you 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 really nailed it. Uh, in Toronto, without a contract, these are very high pressure situations. I've played yeah. in other places, yeah. and it's so much easier to play. So I'm always impressed with him, and and because he's such a late bloomer, I think we all, you know, people are skeptical, and and you're waiting for the other shoe to drop, you know. But he just doesn't let it drop. And I watch him. And I'm like, why is this guy so successful? Let me, let me really watch him. And and really, he's got tremendous balance. Uh, he'll make that save, and he's ready for the next one. You know, they used mm-hmm. to say when me and Kipper played, they used to say the difference between an American Hockey League goalie and an NHL goalie is that second save. The American Hockey League guy can't make that second save. So Jack is is making all those second saves because he has tremendous balance. And maybe an underrated uh, uh, tool is is. Uh, is your reaction time. He looks like he has tremendous reaction time, which he can make things look easy. Just uh, the Superman save, Curtis. Yeah, and love I, it. I've, I've, see, I've seen a few out of you. And <laughs> I, I, it was kind of Curtis Joseph-like, to be honest with you. What, what, is, what does that feel like as a goaltender when you make that type of save? And I don't know if you guys caught the internet shot that was uh, going around where... Kadri had both hands on his head with that look of amazement, but it was I know, just you said, perfect. Yeah, you you sent that picture to me, and I loved it. I was like, wow, you know, if I was playing and we had won that game, I would get that photo from the from the photographer and sign it mm-hmm. and send it to Kadri. For <laughs> 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 his birthday, <laughs> he'd love it too. Yeah. Oh but, my gosh. But yeah, yeah, I would definitely do that stuff like that. But it, it, you know, it was a great save. He, that's the only time I've seen him. His, his, uh, his leg was stuck, and uh, he, the only way to get over there was to dive and, and a full dive. And he made that dive. He made that save. Um, you know, and I talked to my sons earlier today, and my boys go, "Hey, Dad, that reminds us of the save. He looks just like you when you said made that save in Edmonton." in game seven against Dallas. And uh, when I saw it, I was like, oh, yeah, it looks very similar. So uh, I love it. I mean, it's desperation. Fans love it. We're about entertainment. And this guy should be one of the favorites for the Vesna, if not, uh, you know, the Olympic team. Uh, you know, I was always trying to push him. Um, he's done it all. And in Toronto, which extreme pressure, no contract. Uh, that's quite a feat. It is. You know, what, what are your thoughts on goalie style? Sometimes you hear about goalies who make a lot of big saves. It's like, ah, he's never in position. Like, do you care if a guy is quiet in the net or if he's Dominic Hasek out there? I guess at the end of the day, the goal is to stop the puck. But uh, do you have thoughts on mm. goaltending style and its important importance? Oh, yeah, no question. It's it's important to be in balance. And, uh, you know, when I, when I was making a lot of diving saves, I'm like, wow, I'm, I'm really off. <laughs> or we're giving up lots of chances, you know. But, uh, you know, you want to be as efficient as you can in the net. It uh, makes a lot of sense. It's like playing tennis or badminton. You always get back to the middle. You make your shot, get back to the middle. You've got to be in position for the next, the next save, the next shot. So Jack's very good at that, it seems like. Um, so, um, you know, desperation saves are necessary. And uh, you look at the best goalies in the world at all-star games. They don't look so best goalie in the world at all-star games because guys have time. When, when players have time with the puck and they have decoys that they can pass to and all the time in the world, they can make goalies look silly. So, um, 
you know, you, you need those desperation saves at times. And, and Jack had made a couple saves, and then he made the Superman save. So sometimes they're ne- uh, very necessary. You know, the other thing with Jack now is you go into the back half of the season and games that count and ones that people will remember. And ultimately, you know, the big story here, Curtis, is that he has no contract. He's a UFA. And uh, it, it almost kind of, you know, again, maybe the comparison is you, uh, that you left mm-hmm. uh, on a high. I mean, for me, Jack Campbell, you, Curtis Joseph, would be the perfect guy for Jack Campbell to talk to when it comes yep, to I agree. finishing his season and mm-hmm. weighing out the pros and cons. Mm-hmm. What, like, oh, yeah. No, I, I was glad to talk to him, and, I, and I, I will talk to him on behalf of the Leafs, and I can I can uh, tell him weigh his, weigh his thoughts and pros and cons. And basically, at the end of the day, when you've had success in a place, why change it? especially if you're getting paid, you know, why change it? So your grass isn't always greener, but definitely sit down and see what your personal situation is. You know, some guys are married, certain things are happening, who knows, but uh, definitely would love to sit down to it and talk to him. He seems like a great team guy and I wish him all the success, man. He is, uh, he's killing it right now. So I'm happy for him. Yeah, he's got that sort of cool demeanor that works in a market where you mentioned all the pressure. You know, what are your yes. thoughts on goaltenders as leaders? Like, I remember Luongo wearing the C for the Canucks once upon a time. Like, it's, is it a hard position to lead from? Because he seems like a guy who's become a part of this team, but you, I wonder if it's possible to truly lead as a goalie. Yeah, so you don't need a C, but you are a leadership position. It is very mm-hmm. an individual position in a team sport, much like a quarterback or a, uh, a pitcher. If you have a terrible game, you're probably going to lose. If you have an amazing game, you good chance you're going to win. So, um, but he is in a leadership uh, spot, and, and I think I said on your show before. Sometimes when I was really struggling, I'd, I'd make that first shot outside the blue line of a glove save and make it look spectacular, and the, I could see the guys on the bench jump up and tap the boards and go, "Kujo's on tonight. We're ready." And you really, you know, it's part of the game within the game, or you know, I'd. I'd try and rough up somebody in front uh, in the playoff, like before the playoffs. So then they try and rough me up and I know that I'm not pissed off, but you guys are getting off your game. You know, you're in this leader posi- uh, leadership position. You want to be calm at all times. Guys are looking towards you to be a, a rock back there. So uh, as long as he understands all of that, I, I learned that over time and seeing other goalies and seeing great, great players. So um, I think he's figuring that out and he's doing a great job. And I think they look to him, especially with the offensive talent that they have. They want to take a few chances here and there. And if your goalie's unbelievable, you can take that chance when the game's on the line, you know, when you need that offensive goal or to tie it up. So uh, very leadership position. You know, Curtis, when I, when I think about our era and, and the star mm-hmm. goaltenders um, in, in the league, and when mm-hmm. it came to the Olympics and representing your country, it's almost as if when you were talking about the four four powerhouses uh, in the Olympics, they would have their choices of three or four goalies. In Canada, yep. it was you, Patrick, Brodeur, Marty Turco, uh, Richter, Belfort. you know, Belfort. The list goes on and on. I look at the mm-hmm. NHL today, Curtis, and I go, yep. okay, goaltending stars? Yeah, I get it. Price when he's healthy. Vasilevsky yep. has stepped up that. Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury, Definitely. one of the best in history. 
But yeah. then it just drops like a stone. And Canada was the latest example. It's like price is out. Who is it? Carter Hart. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, and it's like, okay, maybe maybe those guys could be great one day. But when did this gap happen? What happened? Where are all the st- NHL star goalies gone? So you may be talking a little bit about Canada also, because I look around, I'm going, wow, another Russian goalie who's real good. What's happening here? Or another Finnish goalie. So um, it's part of both. But uh, And the other thing, too, is it's funny. Like, we had, you know, you had maybe 10 number one goalies that would play for 15 years. You know, here it's like, you know, your starter here and then gone tomorrow. Like, Ben Bishop, like, this guy could have been a starter for 15 years, like a true number one. But it didn't seem like he was, you know. Just as an example, no offense to him. I, I love him as a goalie, but, um, you know, you're right. You had that star goalie and nobody could, you know, touch you. But I don't know. I don't know what it is. Uh, but Canada is definitely doesn't have as many uh, of the top goalies in the league as it did, I think. Cujo, uh, Anthony Stewart likes to say, uh, ability, you know, one of the best av- abilities is availability. And I can't help but think of the relevance with Peter Mrazek and the Toronto Maple Leafs. You know, I and mm. Ben Bishop actually kind of brings up the, the injury-prone thing to, to mind where it's like you're not mm. necessarily responsible for those sort of things. But, I mean, how much of it is luck? How important is it to be available? I, you know, I can't help but think about goaltenders splitting games more now than ever as, as guys try to stay healthy. No question. And I'll, I'll tell young players that too. Uh, like Alex Newhook played with my son in, in Colorado and it's tough to break that lineup as you're as a forward. And I tell him, Hey, stay healthy, stay healthy. You'll get in the lineup. Don't worry. You know, there'll always be a spot for a quick forward. Just, just yep. stay healthy. You'll get in, take, get your, and that's the same as a goalie. You got to be available and, unfortunately hasn't really been available and then you get you know superstitions like you get a you get teams that like you need to rely on guys to come to work and be able to play and um you know you you need that durability and it's very important uh you're paying guys you want them to be there so it's uh definitely detrimental to your your stock do you think How i important? should load manage today sorry kipper no, okay. just oh. uh, do you think they should load manage? Like, would you be okay if you were a guy like Mrazic making three eight, being asked to play half the games? Is that okay? You know, I, I never believed in load management ever. You know, I, the more I played, the better the better I played. And maybe it's it's just my situation, but I never believed in it. The off days, I'd rest and I didn't have to practice as much. I mean, I just when your mind is clear and you get you know, rest. I, I, I don't believe, I don't believe in that. I don't know. Maybe, you you know, it's, (laughs) it's, it's interesting because the longer this season goes, the more power Jack gets. Yeah. And when I, when I mean that it's like Jack could go into Sheldon's keep, uh, keep office right now and say, I don't want a day off and I'm, I want to play. And I'm not sure Sheldon can, can argue, the only thing I ask you is how important is it that Sheldon Keith finds a way to get Mrazic in there just so he can build some 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 relationships, some cred with his teammates? Yep. Because you yep. may need Mrazic. You don't know yep. if this guy's gonna get hurt or not. Yep. No question. No question. And and you gotta put him in a spot where he's gonna succeed, maybe on a game where 
you know the shots aren't going to be as as great or not against a you know a Colorado on the road at uh, at that altitude. You know, put them in a little softer position, get them in there, get them some starts, get the team confident in them, get them feel like he's contributing also. And he's a talent when he's healthy. He's a talent. I'm telling you. So this is important to get him in there. And Arizona, uh, you know, you just, just you just said Arizona. He's starting against Arizona. That's what yeah. you just said. <laughs> I did. I did. You're reading between the lines. I'm going to be at. I'm going to be at that game. I'm going to be at that game. You know, I think it's the 12th in yeah. Arizona. But yeah. definitely, definitely, and I, you know, I, I love playing the number one goalie. He's your guy. He's your horse. Well, we love having you on this show. You're our number one goalie, Cujo. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Hey, you guys hey. make me look good. That's why I like coming on your show. <laughs> love it, pal. Anytime. Love, love, love your feedback. Love your perspective. All the best, Cujo. Yep. See you guys. Continue Thanks success. You called him our number one, but uh, we, we can't tell Mike McKenna, but it's true. No, no, no. When Great, boys. Cujo's on. He's number one. And when Mike McKenna's <laughs> yeah. on, Cujo's our backup. It's the way it works. <laughs> okay. All right. Hey. Uh, I mean, that, yeah, that, that was fascinating stuff, I thought. He's interesting. Spectacular conversation there, fellas. That was great. great. Boy. So that's what we see, right? We see Jack coming right back. I love the fact that uh, we're coming off a Colorado game uh, Saturday night for the Leafs. And, yeah, there's that, that mental part where they're kicking themselves for blowing the lead. And then you come right back with another – top tier team in Vegas. I think mm-hmm. it's a great back-to-back test. Well, and to Kuja's point about giving him a chance, you know, put him in a in a spot where you think he can have success. It's not particularly favorable to throw a guy into Vegas uh, who's really been humming at a better clip after a slow start to the season. So, yeah, I'm with you. You know, uh, Campbell coming off a game at altitude with the pace uh, of Colorado. I, I like his chances in Vegas for sure. I do think that after that, you know, as I've said on the show, that they, they may have to reassess the schedule a bit and find a way to, to get Mrazic a chance to get rolling, a fair chance to get rolling, because I, I do think it's possible that they're going to need this guy down the stretch. Well, that, I mean, they could be one of his starts, uh, Mrazic's starts that we were talking about here, the Coyotes, they just canceled practice today. So maybe <laughs> maybe his his, oh, yeah. his scheduled start may go up in flames here in a little bit because it looks like they've added a bunch of people to the protocol including this including the head coach so the coyotes announced today that head coach andre tourinier along with goaltending coach Corey schwab and the following players have been placed in nhl's COVID schwab. protocol i know scott wedgwood jacob chikrin cam Deneen, anton strallman all in protocol so that's four four players okay and uh the taxi squads can go up to six yeah, uh, but when uh, it's four, it's 14 with, with Omicron. I, I don't care yeah. if they lose 100 nothing. <laughs> okay? You got, a, you, you, you got a taxi squad. You're yeah. playing. Yeah, you're in a state that gives no you-know-whats. Uh, and what do they care less. if they lose? They want to lose. Yes. It's in everyone's best interest. Did that game go ahead and not have to be pursued down the road? Uh, maybe, you know, if you're the Leafs, you kind of hope it, it gets a- executed like the formality of the Ottawa Senators handing over their two points uh, a couple of or a week oh, ago. Yes. So, you know, you'll take that in the chase for the ah, top of the Atlantic play. Division. Yeah, I think they'll, they'll play, play that game. Yeah. but uh, I mean, Arizona minus minus five guys, though. What does that look like? 
McKee, you might Not be good. How, how are the zigzags doing? You guys got a taxi squad? <laughs> uh, we're on pause just like the rest of the world, unfortunately, after our first win in a month. So uh, oh. we're sour that the season got paused right when we were heating up. Yeah. We're, we're, uh, you guys had Vegas in as a Tier 2 team? Yeah. I had Vegas I as did. a Tier 2 team. But you know what's stupid is I have them there because I often I, I question their ability to score goals. They've actually scored goals this season. But just generally, I look at that team, like, and I'm like, who's going to get their goals when they're in playoffs? It's but the Jack Eichel. Uh, oh, what's what's That'll happening help. there, Kipper? Uh, he's probably joining the team at some point uh, this week. The feeling is that he could play uh, as early as this, uh, February if okay. he checks a lot of the boxes off, which will come, I think. Uh, you know, in the next few weeks, I don't think there's contact yet. That'll be the big thing here. But he'll have, he should have a good three and a half weeks to get ready here. Okay. Well, so they're already right now. They're fifth in the NHL in goals for per game. So they're they have offense right now. The Maple Leafs are seventh. I'm asking you guys if you can guess the other five teams who score the most in the NHL. Vegas and Toronto are among the seven. Who are the other five teams who score the most? Sammy, you want to go? Florida. Florida, yeah. Florida, yeah. One. Uh, Washington. No. 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 Not Who Washington. Play? Tampa Bay, then. Tampa Bay is not in that top seven. Colorado, for sure. Colorado's number one. Colorado's number one by a mile. They're averaging 4.32 goals a game this season. Over, you know, almost four wow. and a half goals a game. So you got Florida, Colorado, and I'll give you guys the other ones, unless you want to keep guessing. But no, no, the other I want one... to take a couple more cracks at it. Stop All it. All right. Okay, there's three more teams in the top seven in goals for per game. Uh... Two of them are total surprises. One of them I think you'll get. Minnesota. Yes. Minnesota's third in the NHL yeah. in goals for per game. Almost 3.6 goals per game by the Minnesota Wild. Same division um... for that team. No Canadian I was team. Say blues, the blues? blues. That was the other surprising one. I thought yeah, the Blues are ahead of Toronto in goals four per game. The Blues have got tons of praise today. Uh, the Freddie Gifford Morning Show. Yes, not, not I should have stuck with the, the Blues. Not to beat a dead horse here, but how the hell did the Squids not take Tarasenko? What are you doing? Anyways, I know, I know. That is the okay. ultimate. Gaffe. Okay, first of all, it's an easy decision not to take him, Sammy. You're talking about the beginning of the season. When you don't know his Disagree. shoulder is going to last for five seconds. This You're guy's an expansion had multiple, team. Multiple injuries, surgeries. You don't know this. This Nobody wanted Tarasenko. You Who could take instead, him. Kipper? Marf I would have taken, I would have taken him take? with my eyes closed. I would have been like, Tarasenko <laughs> no. is my first pick. Nine million dollars he's making this year. Ah. Nine million. The cap's seven and a half. That's a lot of money. To, to waste on a guy that you you don't know whether he's going to last five minutes with his shoulder. Well, it, his his over under on goals four for the league uh, for the year uh, Kipper was set on cool about a twelve and a half goals. So no one knew if he was going to play. It was like if you think he's going to play, he's going to get more than twelve by a mile. But no one knew. And then he, guess what? He you take him. He doesn't play. Okay, whatever. I guess that's nine million bucks you have to eat. You put it on LTIR or whatever. He does play. He's sick, and then you can trade him for a boatload at the he's deadline sick. if you're the squids. That <laughs> yeah. was a stupid yeah. move. They didn't treat yourself to one okay. guy, Seattle. Treat yourself. He's, he's doing great because 
reality set in. Nobody wanted him. That's why he's doing great. Wow. And he's a talented guy, and he can score, and he's a big – he can be a game-breaker, but he can also be a big pain in the ass sometimes too. By the way, the other team is Carolina, guys. Okay. That doesn't surprise me. So just a little note from Leafs practice today. Um, but, uh, sorry, Kerfoot is back down on the second line with Tavares and Nylander, and Andre Kasha has got the bump up to the top line, skating with Matthews and Bunting ahead of oh, tomorrow night. See so, if he makes it go. till tomorrow, old Kasha. And there, there was some thought that uh, depending on when um, Marner went on uh, the five days, that he could sneak in and play tomorrow night if, in mm-hmm. fact, uh, the five days started. Uh, Maybe Wednesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yes, five but, days. They, they, they. I think it's a matter of if he can play. Like if he wants to play after the days off and how he's feeling. Is that part of? Yeah. It? Well, well they, I, I, it, I'm sure it would come into play for sure. But I, I don't. I, I get the sense that he's not going to. He's not going to make it in time. No. No, no That's need to bad. push anyone along. Yeah. No, and I agree with that. But... Yeah, I agree with that. All right, before we exit, I want to tell you guys the goals against per game. Uh, the top three teams uh, are, do you want to hear these? Goals against per game? Goals against per game. Best in the NHL, three teams. I can just get uh, to you. Nashville? Nope. No. All right, here's my three. Number number three is the Rangers. Number two is the Toronto Maple Leafs. I was going to say, yeah. First is Carolina. Freddie Freddy. Anderson. Freddie... Freddie's doing okay, but everybody wants to see the first round, Freddie. Yeah, that's right. Correct. Excited about regular season. That was fun today. That was great. Great show today, fellas. Yeah, good stuff from our guests. Good cane conversation. Sammy's going to have to sleep on the, uh, do we really want Evander Kane? Oh, he 100% does. If he was waffling at all pre-conversation, he's on board I do. I do. I do. I'm an idiot. Well, it'll be interesting to see this scenario play out in the next uh, 24, 48 hours. Unrestricted free agent. How many teams out there? Some say as many as six. Hmm. But we'll, we'll wait and see. Okay, guys. JB, thank you very much, pal. You too, buddy. Sammy thank McKee, you. Andrew Holland, our tech. Always fun on the Real Kipper and Born Show. We're right back at it tomorrow.